Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Don't sweat the technique. We're going home for game three and we're going to fight. Never sweat the technique. We know what's on the line. We got to keep our foot on the gas. Game three, WNBA Finals, Sunday afternoon on ABC. Aces in New York looking for the sweep of the Liberty. Coverage begins with WNBA Countdown at 2.30 Eastern time. And with that, we tell you two things. One, we are live at the Seaport brought to you by Chase. And two, we are now joined by the birthday guy. That's Ryan Clark. A happy belated birthday to RC, who yesterday turned, I don't know, like 31 or something. Just look at him for crying out loud. He's so young looking. All right, here we go. Here's what we had last night. Game of the night last night in Kansas City. Chiefs have won 15 straight against the Broncos. Fans are fired up. Donna Kelsey in attendance, among other people. Uh, Just under six minutes in the first quarter. We've talked a lot about this play. This is awful, Bart Scott. Yeah, max protection, two-man route with a late check down. This is junior high football. Don't throw it to the hook curl player because the curl flat player goes to the flat. We'll give you a telestration on that play later. It was uh, just a terrible mistake from Russell Wilson. Meanwhile, not a big, big, crazy night for the Kansas City offense, but everyone in the house, including the world's most famous person, knew Travis Kelsey was getting the ball. Well, you talk about, you know, two guys having tremendous chemistry, death by a thousand paper cuts. He's so crafty, you can't play zone against him because he's going to find a hole and his guy's going to find his guy. Kelsey, nine catches, 124 yards. Well, not their besties. Brittany Mahomes and others excited. (laughs) Later in the drive, Chiefs third and goal at the three. Mahomes, Kadarius, Tony, his first touchdown of the season. 13-0 Kansas City at the break. Now, in the third quarter, 16-0. Is this one Russell Wilson's fault? No, nah, this is just genetics. Tick balls uh, change games. <laughs> you understand? You got, you, you got a six-foot quarterback <laughs> that needs windows to throw through. You know, and they did this early and often. They, they were able to bat a lot of his balls down. He threw two interceptions. Heights deficient. <laughs> he threw for just 95 yards on the night. Meanwhile, their defense, their much maligned and rightfully so defense, yes! sort of kept them in this game. I can Court- play. Cortland Sutton, what do you think of this one? It's overruled. Originally called incomplete. They challenged well, it. It's a touchdown. This is a cry for help by Sutton. Help me. Come get me. I can help your team win. Trade for me. Trade me. 18 days till the possible trade. 19-8 in the final two minutes. Samaje Pirine, any chance they had, ends there. Chiefs win it 19-8. Again, Russell Wilson struggling big time. We we had a chance, and I think we just got to play better, play cleaner. We've been playing, you know, really good ball and offense for, you know, you know, for the past several weeks. And I think the best thing we can do is just keep believing, play cleaner. Um, I got to I got to play better. And, and uh, that's, that starts with me. And, you know, I know I'll respond the right way. Man. It makes you sad looking at it. Doesn't yeah, they say when you look to the right, that's a creative brain. So he's lying to himself. He, he's he's looking. He looks defeated. And look, last night, brutal. 95 passing yards. Third time in his career he's thrown for fewer than 100. His QBR was the second worst of his career. We've been talking about it a lot this morning, but we've not had a chance to hear from Ryan Clark. I mean, RC, we we have spoken, you and I, so many words about Russell Wilson over the course of, of the time that I have known you. What are the right ones to say after that performance last night? 
right now is just starting to be sad. This is a quarterback who Dan Graziano texted me for an entire offseason when I said p putting him on your team doesn't make you a like Super Bowl team. Game. And Dan Graziano sent me every Russell Wilson stat he night. ever could. And one I was night. like, yeah, I know we, these things, but tough. I need to see Russell Wilson. <laughs> it's night. a joke, Dan. I, said, ahead, I need to see it. Russell Wilson do these things for the Denver Broncos. And last night, Russell Wilson had a little league quarterback stat line. And if his wife was there, she would say no. You do need to level up. I want to see you play like a boy. And he didn't do any of those things. It's not just about the turnovers. It's about Russell Wilson not being able to create explosive plays, not using his legs to get outside the pocket and give his, court, his wide receivers second chance opportunities. But it's not just on him. Peyton as well. This is on the wide receivers of the Denver Broncos. And everything that's going on with this team will point back to Russell Wilson because of his play last year. But we have to be honest with ourselves. He's no longer the same quarterback. Sean Payton is not the same coach he was with Drew Brees. And this team is headed nowhere fast. And nowhere fast except for in the wrong direction. And I, I want to show the play again, Cindy, if you can. And Bart, because yeah. it's, it, it's a good example and I think the fans will get a good idea. Russell Wilson we're talking about elementary mistakes. Yeah, this is max protection right here. This is junior high football. They got a little uh, blitz off the edge, but it's basically some type of seam flat or, or cover three concept. You got the curl flat player expanding, expanding to the flats right here. So now he runs to the flats, and Russell Wilson misses the hook curl guy undercutting and expanding his zone because he has nothing else to drop off because it's max protection. It's only a two-man route. The late check down is where you go with the football. It's not sexy, but it's a proper And play. that's the point from last week. Yeah, I agree. I just want to add to that. It's really important. Sean Payne is screaming at Russell Wilson. They lost the jet game. You're hot to the bat. You're hot to the back. My offense has answers built in. And to Bart's point, just check it down to the back Make five yards and move on, and that's where they're getting frustrated is these mistakes are not getting fixed, and we're, we're not seeing the progress. And so, uh, Graziano, tell our Ryan Clark, as he sits here taking uh, not-so-subtle shots at you this morning. I can, I can take it. <laughs> what you can see, they wake, up, they wake up on a Friday morning. Sean Payton goes in and meets with the billionaires who own his team and pay his salary. What might he be saying today? Look, I, I think there's a sense around the league, and has been for the past week or so, that the Broncos are kind of open for business in terms of the trade deadline, which, as Mike T. points out, 18 days away. So there are some veterans uh, with some contracts that they could get out of and get picks back in return. Some useful guys, right? Like a team might want to trade for Justin Simmons. A team might want to trade for Garrett Bowles. Everybody's always looking for offensive line help. If you're Sean Payton and you're saying, look, I just got here. Here's what I inherited. It's not as good as I thought it was. Uh, I think the one in five start gives him some cover to move on from some guys that he might not want there. We've seen it with Randy Gregory. We're seeing it with Frank Clark. And I think we're going to continue to see it. I don't think you can move Russell Wilson's contract, but if it gets to this point, you could sit him down and look at Jarrett Stidham and, and then plan for your offseason and what you're going to do with the position. I think the Broncos have arrived at that point in their season, and I don't think Sean Payton's going to be shy about going there. But it's so not. we've got that, okay? So, so that's that but part of it. <laughs> uh, go ahead, RC, jump in on that one. Pick it up there. Go. No, 
what I'm saying, but, but like the, the thing with Russell Wilson is so complex, though. When you give a quarterback that much money and you yeah. give up so much to get him, and then you actually trade for a, court, a, a coach and you give him 85 million, you don't just get to move on from those two players. It was a reason Sean Payton was brought in, and I know they say that he's not tied to Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson isn't the quarterback that he brought with him. But you don't get to get rid of Russell Wilson. You don't get to bench him in six games. They're going to have to bottom all the way out. And maybe the Waltons don't want it. Maybe Walmart doesn't want it. Maybe if Walmart has more aisles open than the one aisle you got self-checkout on, maybe they can all get better. But what we're seeing right now from the Denver Broncos doesn't mean that Russell Wilson won't be the quarterback going forward in the future this season. Maybe it changes next season. Maybe at the end of the year, but not right now. RC, I disagree, and here's why. When I got the job as Sean Payton, I'm saying, I'm building a championship. We're going to try to make it work with Russell Wilson, but if it doesn't, I am beholden to nobody. I made Drew Brees a Hall of Famer, and I know what works, and when he doesn't play well, I'm going to use this as an he opportunity. Drew Brees if I Hall bench Russell Wilson, they all have to fall in line. Go ahead, RC. So you're saying that Drew Brees made Drew Brees a Hall of Famer? <laughs> Drew Brees what are you saying? already good. Absolutely. Drew Brees was what he was going to be. The reason that Drew Brees is out of San Diego is because they got a chance to draft Phillip Rivers. The reason he's not in Miami is because he walked off the field with his arms stuck in the air like a scarecrow. Drew Brees was going to be Drew Brees. Was Sean Payton a part of that? Absolutely. But Drew Brees was a Hall of Famer based on Drew Brees' own merits. The reason that Sean Payton gets so many opportunities to renege, gets so many opportunities to reinvent himself, get so many opportunities to fail, say stupid things, and then get beat by coaches who he said can't coach or couldn't coach themselves out of a wet paper bag is because of Drew Brees. We have to stop saying Drew Brees was Drew Brees because of Sean Payton and maybe start saying Sean Payton was Sean Payton because of Drew Brees. Okay, I'm so glad you just said that because I want to, again, for those who didn't see this last night, there's a moment that if this game had been closer – would have been all we talked about today and for a lot longer than that. Let me show you how the first half ends, okay? Denver has the ball. They're down 10-0. This is a third down late in the half. Russell Wilson is sacked by Chris Jones. There's 22 seconds left. Sean Payton calls timeout. The Broncos call timeout. And the way the sequence unfolds, Kansas City winds up turning it into a 60-yard field goal. You ask Sean Payton, why did you call timeout? Here's his explanation. That's a boneheaded mistake by me they were calling one as well and i'm off it down but that 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 was stupid i'm off it down he was wrong about what down it was agree what's really scary to me is that nobody on his coaching staff was comfortable to say like don't call timeout we just gave them three points and that that is alarming if i was the gm of the owner of the broncos of all the things we talked about the fact that nobody has the ability to tap you on the shoulder in a consequential moment and say, hey, we're wrong here, coach, is a big concern. That was the thing with Nathaniel Hackett was game management, right? And, yeah. and, and, and so, like, I'm not saying it's been a chronic thing with Sean Payton this year, but this is a high-profile mistake in an area that was supposed to not be a problem. This year. We didn't know if Russell Wilson was going to be able to play. We didn't know how, but we thought it would be better organized. And obviously, while it probably has big picture, you can't make yeah. that mistake. RC, jump game. in here. 
I don't know, man. I don't know how close Mike T is to Sean Payton, but golly, I love the fact that if Mike T is my friend, he's going to be loyal to the end. That's Sean Payton's fault. It's not about what coaches on his staff run to him and tell him and tell him don't take a timeout when a coach is traded for. Traded for. You gave up something to get this coach from the New Orleans Saints. You gave him $85 million. He ain't supposed to need no staff to tell him how to manage a game. That's the one thing that's supposed to be done, and it's supposed to be done to almost a perfect level every single week. Sean Payton, I do I do like this. He accepted that he was wrong, but he can't be wrong in that situation. Your team isn't good enough to be wrong in that situation. You have to make the right calls to put your team in the best position, and a boneheaded mistake by a veteran coach, by a coach that's won a Super Bowl, by a coach that's made Drew Brees, can't happen. You can't be critical of the entire world, including people that aren't in your locker room, and make quote-unquote boneheaded mistakes. It's too late in the game for that for him. Bartholomew, final word. I mean, it's a level of arrogance when you watch Sean Payton. We've listened to some of the things that he said. He's got to accept and be more humble because the football guys will, will, will humble you. And, you know, they have to make some decisions. Now, he's going to be able to throw it on, you know, hey, Van Joseph didn't do this or my defense. And he's going to try and, and build everybody up. But I don't know if he can fix this in five years, especially when you fact that you have Herbert and you have Mahomes in that division. So, you know, you're paying a lot for a little right now. All right, we'll talk a lot more about that game and all the other NFL as we go. But we had the game of the night in Philadelphia last night. Oh, the Braves and the Phils last night. Uh, the Braves on the verge of getting knocked out. How would you like to pay a lot of money for a ticket and sit behind? Joel Embiid. Uh, bottom of four. Oh, the Powder Blues. And Nick Castellanos getting a hold of one, Graziano. Like Mike Schmidt in that uniform. Uh, and Mike Schmidt and Pete Rose and Tug McGraw and uh, the, the, all the Phillies. Steve Carlton. Castellanos with a bat flip. Oh, they got bat flippy last night, didn't they? Here's Trey Turner in the fifth inning of a 1-1 game. Bam! Gone. And another bat flip in this one with a little juice on it. Had Greg Luzinski. I'm going to keep going. I can do the 80 Phillies. Keep naming old Phillies as we go along, but none of them ever did what Nick Castellanos did last night. Bottom of six. Bases empty. Two outs. Boom! Oh, my goodness. He's the first player ever, not in Philly history, in baseball history, with back-to-back multi-home run games in the postseason. Oh, and he's got some sauce on the spin there. Here we go. Bob, now we're over the seventh inning. This was the best chance Atlanta had to get back in the game. Bartholomew, Ronald Acuna, bases loaded, two out, facing Craig Kimbrell, Johan Rojas makes the catch. Yeah, just a little bit too late. Like Barry Maddox out there. Come on. It's a bit short. Bryce Harper loves it. Here we go. Top of nine. Braves had another chance. Runners at the corners. 3-2 is the score. Vaughn Grissom at the plate. Did he check his swing? No, he did not. And that's how it ends. 100 wins, and this is all I get? Let the celebration begin in Philadelphia. 3-1 the final, both in the game and the series. Go crazy, Philadelphia. Go crazy. The Braves are now the latest team to go home early after a dominant regular season. The top five teams in baseball combined to go 1-3 and three during this year's playoffs. Much more as we go here this morning, including is Monday night a must-win for Dak and the Cowboys? Can he bounce back against Justin Herbert and the Chargers? Plus, Lamar can't do it by himself. Help wanted in Baltimore. Bart Scott has just the solution. Wait till you hear the move he thinks they should make. Plus, let's see what kind of move Graziano can make here. Lamar and the Ravens in London Sunday. Here's the question. By yardage, who is the NFL's all-time leading passer on foreign soil? The answer's next.
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Delicious, meat nutritious, in the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. We got the Ravens and the Titans. He said, oh, God, like he's nervous. Hembo, he, he dreads this. Uh, Ravens and Titans this weekend in Europe. The question, who is the NFL's all-time yeah. leading passer on foreign soil? My, my, my mind goes right to the Jaguars because they play so much in London, and I, I feel like this is probably not right, but I, I feel like the answer, my, my, my best guess is Blake Bortles. I, I don't think it's going to turn out to be right. Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles. by one yard Come on. Was surpassed. He's second by one by one yard. Yard. Who is it? Oh, <laughs> Tom right. Brady. I just always guess Brady when he's 1,210 yards. One Derek yard! Two, literally by one yard. This much. Here's what I want to say. All right. Don't love the question. What? I don't love it. <laughs> because I don't like a question that no one cares what the answer is. Like, what difference does it make? One yard? Yeah, by one yard is the. I like the one yard. Don't You're love the question. Calling for a review? We'll give him 25 11. <laughs> Fair enough. For a review? Uh, upon further review, uh, Hembo is Bortles, two more uh, yards. That's our second look. Okay. Meanwhile, we're there because the Ravens and the Titans are playing over there this weekend. And the Ravens have been the subject of a lot of interesting conversations. Conversation after they just yeah. gave another game away this past weekend to the dismay of Bart Scott and the delight mm. of Ryan Clark. Candidly, the Ravens have won all five games they've played this year. They just won two of them for the other team. Yeah, right. Oh. So as we watch this thing right now, I think everyone's going to be fascinated. RC, I want to see your face. Cindy, leave him up when Bart makes his suggestion. What is your brilliant idea of what the Ravens should do now? I think they should uh, call Big Blue and say, I'll take Saquats for a second-round draft pick. I'm not worried about what his contract is and the fact that he doesn't have a long-term contract. I think this would be equivalent to what happened last year when you talk about San Francisco trading for McCarthy. 
I mean, for uh, McCaffrey, I think you bring Saquon Barkley in that backfield. Justin Hill's been fumbled. They were already in contracts with J.K. Dobbins for a long-term, long-term deal, so that means they're willing to pay the money for the position. Jonathan Taylor just set the market at $14 million. Trade for Saquon Barkley, and I think that puts fear in Kansas City and Cincinnati. What do you think, R.C., of an offense that so far seems to be a little slow out of the gates, so much attention, Bart's calling for the big move. I see you mulling it over. What do you think? I don't think adding – I never think adding a very good player or a talented player or a running back with transcendent talent at the position is a bad decision. I don't believe that. I don't know if you can get a deal done either, and I'm not necessarily sure that addresses the problem that the Baltimore Ravens are having offensively. He's not going to play slot receiver and catch the football that Nelson Aguilar dropped. You're not going to move him to number one and allow him to run the slant or the back line in the end zone and replace Rashard Bateman. He's not going to be the deep crosser in the middle early in the game or the guy that hooks when Zay Flowers drops the football or maybe the crosser that Mark Andrews drop of the ball. He hops in front of Zay Flowers to catch in the end zone that goes off of his hands. They didn't lose that game because they couldn't run the football. They lost that game because they couldn't catch the football. This is a team that is still searching for an identity. Now, does adding Saquon Barkley, if we believe Todd Munkin, is all the things we built him up to be in the offseason, does that give him another chess piece to get the football out of Lamar Jackson's hands and find some explosivity in the offense? Absolutely. But I still don't think that that one move fixes the issues that are going on with the Baltimore Ravens, which is more pass game and production by the wide receiver and Lamar Jackson protecting the football in the most important moments of the game. Cindy, put the picks up. Go ahead, Bart. Yeah, well, Lamar Jackson also was completing over 70%, the highest win uh, completion wow. percentage of his career. But you talk about what Saquon Barkley does is the same thing that CMC did for San Francisco. It creates space, right? And listen, that was an outlier, right? Mark Andrews is a sure-handed catch uh, type of guy. And it creates explosiveness in the, in the backfield that they lost with J.K. Dobbs and gives them a home run hitter and a guy that can carry the ball and take over a game. And also, he's a tremendous receiver of the football as well. I, look, I like the idea. Let's, let's move on from that particular part of the idea because it doesn't seem particularly likely. I'm, all for, I'm always all for trading somebody. Yeah. That said, in a world in which they don't wind up getting Saquon Barkley <laughs> or anybody else, it feels like this offense, I mean, you could give a million reasons. This one's been hurt. That one's been hurt. OBJ doesn't look quite like himself. Yeah. All the drops this week. How confident are you that by some point this year, this offense will look markedly better than it has in years past? I'm very confident. Similar to what RC said, like, they're getting open. The scheme looks better. It looks different. And maybe it's Jerry Judy. You go out and get another receiver. They were wrong on OBJ. I was too. He's a diminished skill athlete. Go get another receiver. They're not going to have the drops they've had. That will certainly correct itself. I actually think Saquon Barkley, to me, is a great idea, Bart. He has 256 catches in his career. He does give them another element. I think this team is there at the end because they can fix their mistakes. Roz, jump in. Well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, except the Giants don't want to trade him. He's hurt. The Ravens don't have the cap space, and they didn't want to give J.K. Dobbins a contract. So, look, I, I don't think that's the move. I don't think that's realistic. I think the Ravens' offense is going to be okay. Lamar Jackson is playing well. He's hitting these guys in the hands. I, I, I think there were always going to be growing pains. It made total sense for there to be growing pains. I sat here and asked this question and was told by extreme 
extremely knowledgeable and experienced football people, no, it's going to be great, Munkin, Space, whatever. It's got to be growing pains. There has to be. It's the first time Lamar Jackson's had to learn a new offense since he got into the league. These re- the receivers are all new to the scheme. Uh, you know, Zay Flowers is a rookie. I, I think it'll be fine. I think, I think they'll always, be okay. Always money. And, and listen, that $18 million from OBJ has fallen off the books next year. It is always money. We'll see. Look, I mean, a trade, maybe they can, maybe they can't. They need to put it together with what they've got so far. It looks exactly like it's always looked. It's Lamar and a wing and a prayer. We'll see. As we continue, we're going to Dallas, or in this case, actually to L.A., where all the fans will be rooting for Dallas. Can Dak bounce back on Monday night? We'll talk about it. Plus, Jalen and the undefeated Eagles, are they on upset alert? Can Zach and the Jets do something they've never done before? Four. All that and a whole lot more as we get up with you on ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We're back. It's the bottom of the hour here on Get Up. And in case you missed it last night, Chiefs Broncos kicking off the weekend. Kansas City's won 15 straight against Denver going in. The stars in attendance, Donna Kelsey and others. Uh, just under six <laughs> minutes left in the first quarter. Chiefs up 3-0. Russell Wilson, what? Don't! Uh, oh! The check down is right there for five yards. Make the Chiefs tackling space. This is a junior high mistake right here. Cover three, two-man route. He threw for 95 yards and two picks last night. Meanwhile, Mahomes to Kelsey had it going all night long. Like 7-11, he's always open. He's so crafty. He just sits in zones and finds a hole. And they, they have tremendous chemistry. Maybe one of the best duels this the league has ever seen. Tay-Tay loves it. Kelsey, nine catches, 124 yards. Kadarius Toney would catch the only touchdown of the night for KC. They're up 13-0 at the half. It's 19, excuse me, 16 nothing here when Russell Wilson throws his second interception of the night. This one his fault? Nah, this is um, just uh, genetics right here. You know, <laughs> he had, you know, short quarterbacks need windows to throw through. The Kansas City Chiefs had a, a plan. They, 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 JJ swatted it all day. Mahomes again threw for 306. Russell Wilson less than 100 yards. Chiefs get the win. And after the game, Ryan Clark, he of the Explain Your Tweets, tweeted, bruh. Russell Wilson got a Little League quarterback stat line, don't he? RC, explain that tweet. 
Hey, my favorite quarterback when I was growing up wasn't a professional quarterback. His name was Kendrick Sam. He was the quarterback of the 13- and 14-year-old boys at Park Playground. And they played Gretna one night. It was a huge game. And that was Kendrick Sam's stat line. That was the day he was no longer my favorite quarterback, which is probably <laughs> the same for the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. When you go out and you're playing against a Patrick Mahomes and you've been the player throughout your career that Russell Wilson has, that is unacceptable. You have to find a way to do more. And right now, I actually feel bad for Russ because I think he's trying. I think he's working. I know he wants to be great, and he just no longer is. Sometimes when it's gone, it is gone. There is no magic dust. There is no pixie dust. There is no Peter Pan bring me back to being a kid again in Neverland that will get Russell Wilson back to who he used to be. So now they have to take the next step and figure out what he can do now. And for some reason, he and Sean Payton can't get on the same page. You know, we're supposed to go to another feature here, but Cindy, if you don't mind, just come out to the group because I, I, I just want to stay on this for just a minute because we've talked a lot about Russell Wilson and how we, we all believe Sean Payton is either at or near the point where he is going to want to move on from Russell. And clearly, whether we think it's the right thing or not, Sean Payton has total control of that organization based upon the commitment that's been made to him. What will that mean for Russell Wilson? This is oh. a guy who's two years removed from being like, you know, I mean, could he be one of the best yeah. quarterbacks in the league? What, what, would ha what will happen to him? No, life comes at you fast. You're, one minute you're being compared to Drew Brees, the next minute you're being compared to Kendrick Sam. That's a good <laughs> So look, I mean, I, I, That's I, well think, played. I, I, I think, look, if they, were, if, if they trade him in the offseason, I, I – there's always a team that gets to its plan C, right, at quarterback, right? Like, that, that, does, that doesn't draft mm -hmm. high enough to get the guy of their dreams. I, I don't know. They may have to pay some of the money to move him, but they could also just go ahead and cut him post-June 1st cut, and then maybe somebody takes a Mike T., a you're a general manager. Yep. Is he a starting quarterback on an NFL roster next season week opener? No, and here's why. As, to Graz's point, there's so many in the draft next yeah. year. Why would I yeah. pay that money if I'm, you know, fill in the blank? The Jets, the Bears, the Cardinals, the Patriots, the whomevers, go get Michael Penix or Bo Nix and start fresh. Okay, right, but you... there were only so many of them. I get it. So there's May there's and there's Williams and there's Penix. Okay, so let's even say there's five okay. that are going to go in the first round. There are more than five teams that are going to need a quarterback. Will Russell Wilson be a starting quarterback in the National Football League week one of next year? No, because I think he remains on the uh, Broncos, but they use one of their draft picks for a young quarterback, and they, they've used him as a bridge quarterback. At this point, his reputation also precedes him as well. You heard what Marshawn Lynch said about him. You, you know what yeah. happened last year in that locker room. You yeah. know what he did with the Legion of Boom. So why would you want to bring that show? You talk about the show that used to come with certain quarterbacks with yeah. a lot of baggage. That's a lot of baggage to put in, inside of a young team and him influencing everybody with Russ Inc. You would think that if he has a lousy year again and gets cut, that maybe he'd be humbled a little bit going to his next stop. I mean, no. he always seems like he has that humble pie, but he's 34 years old. And he's yeah. a guy that when I look at the, the, the route concepts, when you look at the highlights, these are junior high concepts. They're cutting the field. They're giving them sale routes. That's they're tough. making it easy for them. Max Protect, you don't pay that type of money for that type of production. Greeny, if we were running a team, that's why we're seeing Gardner Minshew, the Andy Daltons, the Blaine Gabberts. They play for a long time. They're very comfortable in that role. I don't see Russell Wilson wanting to be in that role. So if we're drafting Caleb Williams or Drake May, Russell Wilson isn't ideal for that situation. So you're saying that Kendrick Sam has a better chance of being a starter somewhere <laughs> oh, next year. By the year. way, by the way, if he's still on their <laughs> roster next March, 
then $37 million of 2025 salary becomes guaranteed. That's a lot to carry for a bridge quarterback. All right. Well, sometimes you just got to eat it, man. And like yeah. you say, hey, Walmart got more money. Than That's a good point. Yeah, they, they got plenty Walmart. of money. All right, we'll see what ones. I, I just wanted to dive back into that because you made me think of it, RC, when you were talking about it. Meanwhile, let's go where we were going, and that's with a game called Who You Got? Uh, Graziano, we got Seahawks Bengals this weekend. Who you got, Gino or Burrow? I got Burrow. A week ago, I might have said Gino, but Burrow looked healthy, and that to me is where the entire Bengals season rests. If that calf injury is really behind him, and it sounds like it might be, or at least close, then I think I got Burrow the rest of the way. Bart, Lions and Buccaneers. Both these guys were number one picks. Yeah. You got Goff or Baker Mayfield? I got Goff. Come on, man. 3-1-3. What up, though? Yeah, we ready. I'm telling you, we're here. And I'll tell you what, the Detroit Lions is the biggest threat to San Francisco because they fear nobody. They are swagged Ooh. out. I'm with you on that. Even though our football power index, our analytics, prefer the Cowboys. So let's talk about Dallas. Mike T, Dak, Justin Herbert, Monday night. Who you got? Justin Patrick Herbert. He loves him. That's Always, guy. now, and forever. Look, I wish I had Mike Williams. Dallas's defense has taken a little bit of a step back. We saw San Francisco expose them. And when you lose Trayvon Diggs, that's meaningful. I just think Justin Herbert will make a few more plays in this game than Dak. It feels like a very big night for the Cowboys very. in so many the ways. The Bowl. RC and company will be there with Monday Countdown. There's been a lot of talk about Dak on this show this week, including yesterday from our Damian Woody. How often do you see Dak Prescott making plays over and beyond the actual play call? We don't. I don't see it. It's not apparent on the, on the film. I, I'm calling it like I see it. Right, when I don't see a guy being a, play, a playmaker who's getting broke off a bag, then I'm going to let you know what it is. All right, that was the broke off a bag debate that we had yesterday, and it was a fascinating one in many ways, and I've seen a lot of that. Now, RC, you'll be out there. You're going to be on the field, you and company. Hopefully, SVP gets his voice back. We'll see what winds up happening. But you'll be there for what will amount to a Cowboys home game. I mean, we know they'll have more fans in the stands. We were talking yeah. here, RC. We feel like this sets up as a very big game for the Cowboys in a lot of ways. How do you see it, and what do we need to see from the quarterback? First off, this game changes the trajectory of the organization this year and beyond. If Justin Herbert does outplay Dak Prescott, if Dak Prescott doesn't make plays above and beyond the X's and O's, I think it's the beginning of the end for Dak Prescott as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. This is a must-win game. It's a must-produce game for Dak as well. When you look at the Los Angeles Chargers, they're a team that are about two bad throws from Aiden O'Connell and Kirk Cousins from being zero and four. They have a coach who I believe is on the hot seat, but what they do have is a quarterback that can throw a football through a pinhole, and Dak Prescott is going to be compared to him the entire night. They also have Kellen Moore as an offensive coordinator who would want no, nothing more than to hang 50 points on a Trayvon Diggs-less defense of Dan Quinn. I believe that Dak Prescott steps up. I believe this defense shows up. I believe that Micah Parsons takes everything personal, and this will be a win for the Dallas Cowboys, and at least for for a week, the bench Dak, or Dak is not the guy, or why did Dak get the bag? Those conversations cease, but they'll begin right away when he doesn't perform to the level that we think he should. Dak Prescott is under the most fire of any quarterback in the entire league. It's a, it comes with wearing the star, and this game will be the most highly scrutinized game of his career. Hmm. Standalone game, that's strong statement. I don't disagree with a word of it. Let's put the picks up, Cindy, because it's obviously a fascinating one. Um, and, and we oh so we're sort of split right split, here. Yeah. Mike T, make make the point about the player that you feel 
that Dallas is not utilizing to the extent they should. Brandon Cooks, that's why they got him. He can take the top off of defense, mm. and he mm -hmm. gives them a chance to have explosive plays. Right now it's Tony Pollard and nobody else. He doesn't have to touch the ball a lot, but there are consequential moments that they can take the top off of the defense and get chunk plays. That's why they got him. They got to get him the ball. I'm with you. So, Bart, when we sit here and Dan Orlovsky yesterday saying they're not using C.D. Lamb the right way at all. They've, right. they've not used him like a number one receiver. And today, Mike T. is saying they're not, they've forgotten they have Brandon yeah. Cooks. Is that the quarterback or is that on the people designing the offense? Well, that's on Mike McCarthy. And, you know, sometimes you talk about, you know, a lack of innovation, a lack of uh, motions and, and, and creativity on the offensive side of the ball. We see, you yeah. know, all this innovation coming out of Miami. We see, you know, even last week with, you know, with the Jets, we see this motion. It's open up the running game. We don't see any of that when you look at the Cowboys. It's kind of like this old school you know, philosophy, and they're trying to play to a defense that without digs isn't special. They're good, but they're not special, right? So now, you know, they, 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 what happens when, you know, the defense doesn't get turnovers or scores on the defensive side of the ball? You force Dak Prescott to play football, but you're trying to play conservative. You can't have it both ways. And I think one thing we know about Herbert, Herbert can score. He's not afraid of anybody. So if he puts up points, will McCarthy turn Dak loose? There have been three games this year they won where they really didn't need the offense at all. Right, and, and they just sort of pounded the opponent into dust. Jets, Giants, and, and Patriots. Uh, I think that's probably done them a disservice, right? Because in those games, you get up and you're like, oh, just don't, don't do no harm, yeah. right? They probably should have been running their offense and trying to score points like they would in a close game yeah. so that when they're in a close game against Arizona or they're in a close first quarter at San Francisco, <laughs> yeah. you know, you can, you can operate it. Because right now, I don't think they're in any kind of rhythm. I don't think they have any kind of plan. And... And, uh, you know, Kellen Moore does have a chance to make them look bad on Monday night. He RC, give does. us a final word. Well, look at Mike McCarthy's offense. We talked the entire offseason about what it would be. And now we know that it's going to be the same sort of elementary that we're speaking of, of the Denver Broncos. There is no creativity. There, he has not updated anything that he's done. If the Dallas Cowboys offense was an app, it would be on a Nokia phone, which you used to play the game Snake on. And so they have to figure out a way to get into the 21st century of offense. Because if they don't, they aren't going to have the opportunities to create separation. They aren't going to have the opportunities to create plays and they are misutilizing the skill sets of their skill players this offense and watching it is so boring it's like watching the shape of water where a woman that was deaf and mute fell in love with a fish man that's exactly what this is and they have to find a way to <laughs> be more call. than that if they want to compete with the rest of the big teams in the nfc is that, is that really what the movie is? Really, that's a really that's good a summary of that movie, know. which it won is. Best Picture, by the way. <laughs> that's what the movie is. Yeah. R.C. can make yeah, anything exactly into terrible. a movie comparison. That's not, movie. not one that we saw coming. Uh, all right. Does anyone see this coming? An upset by the Jets over the Fly Eagles fly. I'm begging. Anyone? Anyone? All the non-believers. Find out next. All the non-believers. Can't wait. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Call the non-believers. How did that call the non-believers? I can't wait. I can't wait till the day I make it. I can't wait. We're a good football team. They can't stop a nosebleed. Congratulations. See you at Pittsburgh. Can't wait. They are the words that made the man a legend. And now Bartholomew Scott will tell us the three things this weekend he can't wait for. Although the first one isn't the weekend, it's Monday. Hey, close enough, i tell you what. It never rains in Southern California. I'm excited to see if Dak can, can live with the more ball. You talk about Dallas going there, it must win. This is who you left me for to quote Troy. You talk about I scored too many points. Who says that? <laughs> and now you look up Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott is a matchup of franchise quarterbacks. I can't wait to see how this one turns out because it's going to have ramifications for both head coaches involved. That's Monday night. Now what how about Sunday afternoon? Oh, uh, where they say that McCully Calkin, a.k.a. Joe Burrow, is back. <laughs> Let's see if that calf can withstand the defensive pass rush of the Seattle Seahawks. Geno didn't write back. Let's see if they can get the victory as a great matchup in the NFC. I can't wait to see it. How did Burrow look to you last week? The calf looked a lot better. Well, Jamar Chase was always open, so I, 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 he always looks good when he throws the ball to Jamar Chase. But let's see if that young rookie has something for him as DJ uh, Metcalf has started some smoke. And then how about Brees Lightning? Oh, yeah, I tell you what, you talk about last week returning to the scene of the crime. You talk about Brees Hall, Brees the Beast. The only uh, chance I believe that the Jets have is if Brees gets loose, averaging over seven yards per carry. But this play right here is an indication that, that, that Nathaniel Hackett is really getting in his bag as far as play calling. When you think about the ghost motion from Xavier Gibson, you know, allows them to get them home run balls. You know, let's see if Zach can take care of the ball and see if Brees can set the table. All right, so, so let's bring everybody in here. RC is with this, of course, and Graziano and Tannenbaum will talk about it here. Well, let's, let's live in this game for a moment. For those who are not aware, the Jets and Eagles have met, not that, only 12 times yeah. through their histories, and the Eagles have won all 12 games. RC, give me the blueprint. If the Jets are going to finally beat the Eagles and stun the world to get to 3-3, three and three, tell me how we will be talking about it Monday morning. How will they have done it? Well, the first thing the Jets are going to have to do is protect. When you look at the Philadelphia Eagles on the back end, they're banged up. They're beat up. They're putting people in places and trying to just man in the back, whereas up front, they can put pressure on the quarterback. And Zach Wilson is so much worse when he is pressured than when he is not. So you have to protect him. Brees Hall has to be a major part of this game. When you look at the Denver Broncos game, yes, Zach Wilson played well. There was only the one interception thrown to Pat Sertain, but it was the big plays created by Brees Hall that led into the play action. And defensively, you have to create turnovers and stop Jalen Hurts from using his legs. When they were hurt against Dak Prescott, hurt against Russell Wilson, early on in the game, it was because they were able to use their legs. And then Jeff Albrecht, the defensive coordinator, closed out the game against the Denver Broncos with pressures by Quincy Williams. You have to affect the head of the snake, that's the only way to win. And when that comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, that's Jalen Hurts. Defensively do that. Brees Hall control the game. Zach Wilson, make no mistakes. Right, and he's not the only Jalen who has been spectacular for the Eagles this year. And there is news on the other one, and it might give a Jet fan some hope. The rookie defensive tackle, Jalen Carter. Let's watch the Eagles injury report today because on yesterday's, he popped up with an ankle injury as it did not practice. He did practice Wednesday, so this is a fresh injury. And whenever that happens, 
happens. Whenever a guy practices one day and then doesn't practice the next day and it's an injury we didn't know about, it's worth paying attention to. We'll see if he can work today. I'll turn to Tannenbaum as we put the picks up on the screen. Are there any believers? As Bart Scott would say, to all the non-believers, we got one. Our Bart Scott's the only – you're a non-believer, Tannenbaum. Tell me, how do the Eagles win this game? The Eagles win this game by just basically showing up. And if they stop Brees Hall, they're going to win this game. The only hope the, only hope the Jets have is 38 minutes of time of possession. you got to play keep away. I don't think that's going to happen. you got to keep them in third and long so they can't just shove Jalen Hurts across well, the line. I'm, the I'm, I'm excited to see Sauce against A.J. Brown. If, if Sauce wants to be the guy that he's supposed to be, you got to put that spy in the box and be able to keep Jalen yeah. Hurts in the box. Then Sauce is going to have to be one for one against A.J. Brown, who got going with Jalen Hurts a couple weeks after and he blew thing, up on the sideline. Go ahead, R.C. And the other thing, Sauce normally doesn't travel, but last week against the Denver Broncos with some injuries on the back end, he traveled with Cortland Sutton. So Bart mentioning that matchup could be even bigger this week because now we're seeing Sauce Gardner move with the number one wide receivers. Look, I've said it before. I'll say, I've been saying it all week long. No one agrees with me, and I'll live with that. The reality is the best thing that can happen, the Jets need Zach Wilson to throw two picks. Because he's got to throw three touchdowns. He's got to, they've got to let him loose. They've but, got to play a game. But, they've got to let him go. You've got to live with the mistakes, but you have to let him do the spectacular things of which he is capable. If, if, if you listen to RC, he tells you how, you know, in the back end, Philadelphia is struggling, trying to find some chemistry. A lot of guys who haven't played with each other. I like to see Garrett Wilson in the slot, too, match up against Bradley Roby, who's struggling to see if he can get loose there. I understand your yeah. approach with Zach Wilson, but then Robert Sala has to challenge his defense and say, hey, Cost of doing business, Zach Wilson tax, two picks, let's cover it. Right. And make, and, but that defense has been a B. It hasn't been an A so far. You're winning this game 13-10? Are, are, you gonna, are the I, Jets going to win this game? No chance in hell they win no, this game 13-10. you got to try and win it 33-30. Zach Wilson ever thrown three touchdown passes in a game? I don't think he has. No, I don't to. think he has you, you on that. You lean on that, run, you lean on that run game. I tell you what, last year the Achilles heel for Philadelphia was that run defense. And just because their, their run defense is good this year, that means that they haven't won against the right team. You should right. be able to run a ball on anybody with Brees. Let me show everybody the best finish that we might see in football all year long, okay? This was the craziest fourth quarter of the year. Houston and West Virginia, 42 points in the fourth quarter. We're gonna pick it up late. West Virginia down by 11. Garrett Green scrambling, finding the end zone Bartholomew. I tell you what, everybody's got their back turned. Quarterback makes a tremendous play. That's what you're talking about. It's a three-point game. 20 seconds left in regulation. Fourth and 10 at midfield. West Virginia down by three. Oh, my God, it's a touchdown. Hudson Clement, 50 yards for the score. Can't believe it. West Virginia takes the lead. Shoot a bad. 39-35. They have to win it from there. Right, wrong. They get the penalty for the celebration. Houston gets one last chance. Here we go for the Hail Mary. Back to pass. Donovan Smith. Smith steps up in the pocket, unloads it, throws it all the way downfield into the end zone. Tipped, and it is caught. Caught by the Cougars. Caught for a touchdown. Unbelievable. The ball was tipped up in the air, and the Cougars win the game on the final play. Unreal. Unreal. <laughs> 
Bart, what happened? Somebody was on Snapchat when they were going in the game scenarios. You never tip the ball up. You always throw it down. That's why you got to get some offensive players on there who knows how to high point the ball. 42 points in the fourth quarter. It ends with Houston and the miracle win. Meanwhile, we'll see what happens. Top-ranked top boxing event tomorrow. 12-round main event. Middleweight unification bout between the undefeated WBO and IBF champs. Coverage of the main card begins 10.30 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN+. Plus. Coming up, first day, top of the hour. Is it time to bench Russell Wilson? Are the Chiefs still the team to beat in the AFC? First take, Molly, Shannon, Sharp, RC, and Bart. Top of the hour on ESPN. Let's get this thing going. Give me some reason to think the Jets can stun the world Sunday afternoon. Any given Sunday? Oh, <laughs> I own you. There you go. Hardy, what the fudge, man? Lincoln Riley has promised a change, and he hasn't really delivered it. Heather, it's all yours. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let Paul get a drink of water. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> Love on the rocks. Ain't no big surprise. Just pour me a drink and I'll tell you some There lies. you go. <laughs> Will Russ prove to be merely a pawn, or did these two last as long as Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn? Oh, God, no. Good heavens. A little Dr. Dre, a little Dr. <laughs> Seuss. Yeah, yeah. Drop the album, man. I'm sexy green. This is what happens when y'all go in the makeup room together. Y'all all get high. <laughs> I like bad, Jeff. Boop, boop, boop. Can I make up a rhyme? You better believe I can. <laughs> What's that, Bish? We call him the Bishop, so oh. she said Bish. Bish. Just to be clear, we're going to need some real therapy. <laughs> then what happens, Bishop? <laughs> it is quite literally sweeping the nation. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> I will say when Kimberly Martin called him Bish, it scared me to death. Yeah, for just a moment there. Nerve-wracking. It was a little bit. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you Monday. First take now.